Greetings, bibliophiles, to Five Author Questions, or 5AQ, presented by the Kalamazoo Public Library, the podcast that attempts to delve into the minds of writers using only five questions. I'm Sandra Farrick, Head of Youth Services. And I'm Kevin King, Head of Community Engagement here at the Kalamazoo Public Library. So... If you want to follow us on the social medias, we've got an Instagram account. It's at five author questions. That's five spelled out F I V E author questions. And on the Twitter, we have at five, the number a Q P O D. So five a Q pod. If you'd like to email us from a sunnier part of the world, you can email us at podcast at KPL.gov. And as always like share and subscribe to our podcast or we will make the sun go away in your neck of the woods. But you know that the book we're going to talk about today has a nice sun on the cover. I know. That's why I was <laughs> picking sun as our bantering topic today. Because I love the sun. Yeah, the sun is <laughs> yeah, the sun is fun. All right. So today's guest, the sun is fun. I didn't even mean that. Today's guest is Jen White, who writes middle grade fiction and conducts writing workshops across the country. Her second book, A Thousand Minutes to Sunlight, um, was released this spring. It was uh, included in the Children's Book Council's April 2021 hot off the press reading list and their 2015 debut novel, Survival Strategies of the Almost Brave, um, also by McMillan, has been translated into many languages worldwide. Jen has her BA in English and received her master's in writing for children and young adults from the Vermont College of Fine Arts. She lives in Southern California, where it is always probably sunny. Always very sunny. (laughs) With her family. Find out more about Jen and her work at www.jenwhitebooks.com. And I'd like to give you a brief description of A Thousand Minutes to Sunlight. Cora is constantly counting the minutes. It's the only thing that stops her brain from rattling with worry, from convincing her that danger is up ahead. Afraid of the unknown, Cora spends her days with her feet tucked into the sand, marveling at La Quinta's beach giant waves and her little sister Sunshine's boundless energy. More sun. More sun. <laughs> and then danger really does show up at Cora's doorstep. Her absentee uncle, whose sudden presence in the middle of the night makes her parents nervous and secretive. As dawn breaks once more, Cora must piece together her family and herself one minute at a time. A Thousand Minutes to Sunlight is an endearing and revelatory middle grade novel that is perfect for fans of Counting by Sevens and Fish in a Tree. Welcome to 5AQ Jen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And to continue the sunlight theme, she wore this like beautiful sunlight shirt. She totally did. And she's in Southern California, which makes me jealous. I'm very jealous. Very jealous. There's a lot of sun around here, I must admit. (laughs) Yeah, you're lucky. So um, this is how it works. We got five questions for you, but we uh, reserve the right to ask follow-ups. So you can't count that against the five. Okay. Our our show, our rules. So mm-hmm. what we say. I love it. So Sandra's got the first question. All right. Stories depicting younger readers trying to manage a mental illness are few and far between. What was the catalyst for tackling the issue with Cora and A Thousand Minutes to Sunlight? Um, I think that's a great question. So I I wrote my first book in 2015. And then of course, as soon as that book came out, I was busy trying to write another one. And as I was working on this book, I was also doing school visits for the first. And so I was talking to a lot of teachers and kids and, um, you know, they would ask, what are you working on next? And I said, you know, my next book is about a girl with severe anxiety. 
And it seemed like whenever I would mention that, most teachers would say, oh my goodness, that's so needed. I have so many kids who are really struggling with that in the classroom or parents would say the same thing. And I myself am a parent. So I've been watching, you know, trying to help my own children navigate just lots of, I would say lots of mental health issues or concerns and especially anxiety. There's, you know, the numbers are up as far as depression and anxiety in kids. And so I just think it's a timely a timely book. Now, of course, I started this book years ago. So the fact that it came out at the end, you know, kind of at the end of this pandemic, I think it's, you know, it speaks to a lot of how people are feeling in general right now. There's a lot of anxiousness and anxiety and worry about um, the world. And so I'm really happy to write this book and start a conversation about it with people. What kind of research went into um, looking into this issue of anxiety as a parent of a very anxious child? Um, just curious from that end. Yeah. So obviously I started, um, I have, I have five actually. And so I, um, I have a few that we definitely needed to visit the doctor and take care of things. So I, I started there just like as a, a concerned parent. And, uh, you know, I think the first place we go is online and so I did that. I did. I kind of went down a lot of rabbit holes and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started there and then there were, I just read a lot of different books that people would recommend or doctors recommend. I started listening to podcasts and I could see that this is really just a worldwide issue and concern. Uh, once the book was finished, I had a child psychologist read it. And she gave me some really great feedback because there, um, there's a character in the book named Brain. Mm-hmm. And obviously that is Cora's brain. And he is, just think of your most anxious day and the thoughts that crash your mind. And that's exactly what he does throughout the book. And so she had to tell me when I was veering off, uh, you know, not having, having Brain be more of like a, a different psychosis. So I had to make sure that I was doing it well and properly. And I still didn't probably do it all perfectly, but I tried really hard to essentially make brain Cora's meanest Mm -hmm. uh, and worst friend, but her best friend in the same sense. And so uh, that's who he is in the book. Yeah. I love the use of brain there. It's it's, in the book. It was really fun. It reminded me of when I had read, you ever read the book, uh, kissing doorknobs? Um, No, it's a, it's a book. (laughs) It's a book about, um, uh, OCD. Oh, okay. And it's OC, it, OCD teenager. And it remi- okay. the, reading your book reminded me of that. I had the same like re- revelatory, like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And it really helped explain an anxious child to me with the brain. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. And oh, you, I'm so glad. And you said this took years, right? This has been in the works for years, but it, it published at the most perfect time. So, exactly. you know, there is that. I know. I, I, I agree with you on that. And I, who knew, you know, you can never predict yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. Well, question number two, Jen, if you could pick a theme song for your life, what would you choose and why? Okay. This is a really, really hard. question. <laughs> this is our question. We ask every author basically. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's not nice. Guys. I, <laughs> you can do more. I, you can do more than one. People have done more than one. There's no rules here with this question. I feel like I need like a little slice, like a little mixtape sort mm-hmm. of That's because great. How could I even begin to yeah. do that? Okay, so first is 
I'm a seventies baby. Mm -hmm. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, so the first is don't stand so close to me by the police. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's for various reasons, but one of them is I like my space guys. I like an air bubble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, the second one I would say is feeling good by Nina Simone. Mm. And even if I'm not feeling good, that song makes me feel good. So Mm -hmm. I really love that one. Um, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. That came out when I was in high school. And that's all I wanted was a fast car to like, take me away. Let's Mm -hmm. start life. Um, And then I, um, do you know, do you know the composer? His name is Ludvico Inaldi. Have you ever heard of him? He's Uh. It sounds uh, like familiar. An Italian composer. Okay. This beautiful song called Night. It has this amazing violin section that when I hear it, just makes me feel super powerful. Like you can mm. feel the music like inside. So I really love that. Um, she's, how many literally, he's, she's literally giving us a, a mixtape. This is great. I know. I'm, it's r- awesome. I'm, really I'm writing them down too. You should. <laughs> okay. And then um, California Love by Tupac. Okay. You would immediately meet a fan of my daughter listening, probably. Okay. And then can I give you my last one? Is sure. This. Yeah. It's definitely. a song my mom sang to me when I was little. Uh-huh. It's a song I learned when I was little. It's called I Am a Child of God. Mm-hmm. It's religious, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think it really speaks to like if you believe in, you know, higher power, mm-hmm. Buddha, something other than yourself. Um, this is the song I sing when. Or it, it runs in my mind whenever I'm like stressed out. Mm-hmm. So, have you guys ever been to Notre Dame up the tower on in the side? France? Yeah, you have. Oh, I have. Yeah. Did, was it just like was it easy breezy for you? Like totally fine. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was. It was definitely. It's one of those things that you um, you, you kind of in the presence of, and wherever you're at in there, it just feels just otherworldly. Right. So, no, I mean, Notre Dame was amazing, but on the side, mm-hmm. you used, and I don't know what it's like now, but you used to be able to walk up the tower and it's a circular staircase. So it, it's so tight. It essentially feels like you're turning in a circle mm-hmm. and it gives you all these warnings like, Hey, if you have vertigo or you're afraid of heights or, hunchback, or hunchbacks, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm fine. No big deal. And it has no windows. It has like you know, like the arrow slits, I'm sure, where they yeah. used to defend it, like three inches by 25. Mm-hmm. So that's the airflow in there. I'm just letting yeah. you I'm painting the picture, guys. And so I started walking up these stairs and I thought, I'm going to, I had a serious full-blown panic attack oh, in the no. middle of that tower. And it's quite high. Mm-hmm. You just are going for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I just had to grab the coat. My husband was in front of me. I had to grab his coat. Mm-hmm. And that was the song I was singing to myself <laughs> on the way up. There like He just dragged me up the stairs. <laughs> I closed my eyes. And they sang, I'm a child of God at the top of my lungs. And people just thought I was crazy mm-hmm. person. Crazy American. They were like, oh, man. Crazy American. They were like, yeah. get her out. Was she's, it, she's was it beautiful country. when you got to the top? It was beautiful. Yeah, it's worth it. Okay. I mean, I was really glad I was there. But then I was like, well, I can't get down now. I have right. to stay. You live there now. 
Yeah, she lives there now. That's where she's. That's where she's doing the podcast from. Right, right. The Tower of Notre Dame. Because you have now warned me from. Uh, I am claustrophobic myself. Oh, you wouldn't like that. So. I'm super claustrophobic. Do not do it. No. <gasps> Okay. I, in fact, even talking about it right now is making me like hot. And I know. Like, I'm like, all, I'm all fidgety. I'm like, how did you do it? I okay, don't know. So those are my songs. It's a wide variety. No, it's great. And for and those, Tupac I love, and mm-hmm. also I love California. I have yeah. to say, so yeah. I'm for those of you, her. yeah, and for those of you listening, we've created a uh, a playlist on Spotify of all the answers, of all the artists or authors we've talked to in season one. So. You can check that out on our webpage and mm-hmm. you can get that Spotify playlist. I think you're the second person to select Nina Simone. So congratulations. I think she's oh, winning, she's winning, the, winning the race right now in artists. So that's kind of cool. Okay. All right. Question three. Well, now that we, you know, are all claustrophobic and stressed <laughs> out, I would like to know, how do you practice self-care? Oh, I mean, that's such a good question. And I feel like, um, I'm probably just going to say what everybody says. I don't know. I don't think I have like anything really special, except I know if I spend a lot of time on social media, that's not necessarily good for my mental health Mm -hmm. space. So I try to really monitor that. I need to get outside every day. I need some sunshine. Um, And if I can, I also need my, um, I need a little alone time. Some people... Mm -hmm don't need that. I definitely do. And I need to read and I need to like, along with the outside fresh air is like a little bit of exercise. And then I'm, I think that's all my best day. Like, I think that would be my happiest self right there. You know, we ask that question and a lot of authors respond like, Oh, I need to practice self-care. So we kind of feel like it's a reminder to them that and a reminder yeah. to us to practice self-care. And then selfishly we take notes and go, Oh, that's a good way to practice self-care. <laughs> Well, I don't know how <laughs> unique that was, but I, that's what I need. No, it's I'm like a plant. So I need some sunshine. Yeah. Well, it, it continues our theme of sunshine today. Of in the course. Podcast, so that works really well. All right. Yeah. Question four. Can you talk about a favorite toy from childhood and why was it so important to you? This is a, um, I think that's such an unusual, like kind of an unusual question. Mm-hmm. I, I seriously was like, did I have toys? Like, I know I did, but mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really recall anything um, that stuck out. I actually texted my mom and I was like, hey, um, do I, did I have a favorite toy? Mm-hmm. And she said, you liked books. And I was like, oh, that's too cliche. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. She's like, you were getting in trouble all the time oh, at school for reading when I was supposed to be doing other things. Mm-hmm. And anyway, but I do remember one toy. Okay is uh barbie mm-hmm. rv it was like oh. a camper like a big motorhome that's what it was a yeah. barbie motorhome we had this green space in my neighborhood uh-huh. i would tie that motorhome to the back of my bike nice and i would you know traverse it through <laughs> the green belt taking it on you know <laughs> journeys trips i would like put it with rocks in it and like push it down the hill mm-hmm. and it would go farther with the rocks yeah, by the way. that makes sense. Um, so I don't know. I just like a little, little, I think little things are fun. Like yeah. have you ever on Instagram, there's this um, um, Instagram page called tiny art show. Uh-huh. Have you heard of that? No. Mm-mm. Eventually they put up little tiny art exhibits. Mm-hmm. Like they put it up in the library or oh, they'll nice. do it in little small places mm-hmm. or like you can buy these little bookscapes on Etsy where it looks like an alley. It's like 
two to three inches wide of a book, but it looks like an alley in New York or Japan or something like that. So I just think I like little things Mm -hmm. that represent bigger things in life. When when she talks about the motorhome, I had the evil Knievel (laughs) motorhome that evil Knievel would ride around in. It would drag his bike around. And I bet it was probably the same motorhome as Barbie's just with evil Knievel stuff on it. So not pink. No, the it motorcycle fit in yeah, the, the motor, motorcycle. Yeah, totally. It was really cool. And you could jump over the motorhome with I the motorcycle. Really yeah, you know, and that's too bad with toys and how they, you know, made them so gender specific. Yes. Because yeah, you, right. you were racing your RV down the hill. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was. It was like going through the jungle. Nice. I was I took pictures of it with my little mm-hmm. polo, you know, my little Polaroid guys. It was right. It's a little weird. Maybe I shouldn't be like admitting. All no, no. Spill your spill your guts on the show. It'll make it more popular. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Barbie. I love that Barbie motorhome. I wish I still had it. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. Thank you for the answer. For not thinking they had a good answer, you had a great answer. I know. Okay. That was really good. Okay. Question five. Do you have any suggestions for people who want to discuss mental health issues with a friend or for parents who want to talk about it with their kids? Um, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I have a little letter at the back of the book where I essentially say to the reader, listen, I'm not like a doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm not a therapist, but I am a person, right? Like I'm, I'm alive in this, as we all are on this journey. And there are definitely moments where we're happy and sad. And so I think, um, whoever you want to speak to about it, I think right away, you should already have a good line of communication with that person. I don't think it's, um, it's not a question. Like if you notice maybe someone's struggling and having a hard hard time, I think you should really be uh, close to that person already before you broach the subject. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually asked my daughter this because I'm like, you know, what, what would you suggest? You know, she's now 20, but I'm like, what would you have liked when you were younger? And she just said to ask a lot of questions. And so I think that's the best thing is like how ask a lot of questions and just really listen, like how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think it's getting more open. It's getting more destigmatized to go to a therapist or go Mm -hmm. to a psychiatrist or take medicine. And I hope that continues because I think we really need to discuss our mental health. I saw this really cool thing. Um, It was, I think it was in Argentina or Brazil where they had a, a big setup down on the subway system where they had these little like kiosks and it had a therapist there and you Mm. can go talk to someone for free Nice and like a licensed therapist. And I thought, Mm. Oh my gosh, how great would that be if that was just like the norm? Like, you know, we had it on, you know, as, as often as you see a Starbucks, you would see something like that and you could just walk in and be able to, you know, get some good advice or good help or, I think it would be really, really great. So I just think the first thing is you have to really have a good communication with that person and a good relationship. Yeah. But I think it's hard because, you know, I have older children and once they get old enough, you don't have a lot of control or say about what happens when they get older. So I just think, I think there's, there's a lot of things that are going right with mental health. Mm -hmm. And then there are a lot of things I think we need help with. Yeah. that need to be fixed. I think it's a parent of, of older children as well, teenagers and children in their twenties. Um, 
just setting up early on in their lives that the fact that you, they can come to you and talk to you, I think is yeah. really, really important. And I think you've kind of yeah. said that. I mean, I don't know how old your, your children are, but mm-hmm. I have gotten really good at my poker face. Like I just, <laughs> whatever they're going to say, yeah. I just prepare myself. Like, okay, yeah. we're going to act like it's fine. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. We're just going to listen. And I think that's the best thing you can do. Um, you know, when I wrote the book, people are like, oh, well, you wrote it for your kids. But I have to say, and, I, you know, I guess I did, mm-hmm. but I have a brain that's not very nice sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I have to really practice, you know, I would say part of that self-care is being nice to myself, mm-hmm. like that internal yeah. monologue that I have. I kind of feel like that's a universal issue or thing, although I'm not sure because I was telling my husband, I go, the book I'm writing is like, you know, that voice in your head that tells you you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You can't do it. And he said, I don't have that voice. And I said, that cannot be true. Like Mm -hmm. his voice is just saying like, you're so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. That's shocking. But maybe there are people who just walk through life and Mm -hmm. like think they're awesome. And that's great. But I think a majority of us are pretty critical. I, I, I wonder if it's a male repression thing. And it could be. I think let's it, analyze him. I, I, I'm not. To, I mean, I'm sure your husband's a great guy, but I feel like <laughs> that's a very male repression kind of thing. You know, Thank where you, you push that down Thank and go you. like, "I'll replay eh, this." I'm not no, gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, no, he is a great guy, but it's just funny. Like his he and when I think about it, he does think he can like do everything. So I don't know. Well, without getting too no, far, not everybody's like that. Yeah, well, get, not get too far into the weeds here. But that's what society has told white men they <laughs> can do anything. Right. And then, poor, right. And, and then women are left to doubt. And yeah, yep. that's a good point. So. Yeah. So anyway, I just feel like I'm trying on a day to day basis, like mm-hmm. to sh- shush that voice, mm-hmm. my brain, the bad part. Yeah. yeah, it's very hard. At least for me, it is. Yeah. It's hard for me too. Yeah. I like to tell my friends that I, I talk to about that, that it's, you have to shut down the movie that you're making in your brain yes. because it's just a movie. You're just I making would, a movie in your brain. That person's not plotting to ruin your life. Yes. I mean, but so they good. could and be. One thing that I learned that I didn't ever think about was like, you don't have to believe everything you think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right. I don't have yeah. to believe everything that I think. And yeah, so, yeah. Just think how hard yeah. Truth teller. It's been really hard to not do that during the pandemic. I agree. Super hard. Easy to go spiral out of control yeah. there. Well, I encourage any any age to read the book because I find, you know, even though it wasn't written for me, I, I did gain a lot from that. Um, gain a lot from reading the book in terms of my own mental health. So thank you. Because Child okay. Kevin needed to read it. Child Kevin needed to read Oh, yeah. Child Kevin would have loved yeah. this book when he was... In middle oh, grade, so thank you. I'm glad to hear that. And I was hoping also to, you know, at the end, her parents are kind of divided about what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To help her. And I think that's very real. You totally just real. To do the best thing for your family and for your child. And so, um, but I wanted it to feel like at the end, gosh, if we have to take medicine for end of our days and who, why is that an issue? Like, yeah. it's okay. Like just normalize taking care of ourselves. So yeah, agree. So, Jen, what's now and what's next for you? Um, so I'm still writing. I'm mm-hmm. doing the next book. <laughs> um, I am middle grade is my love for mm-hmm. sure, but I'm branching out into other genres. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about a young adult and a memoir, but I'm working on a middle grade right now. 
that is realistic fiction. Um, and, you know, I think that's partially because I grew up in like, when I was choosing my own books, it was the eighties. It was mm-hmm. like Judy Bloom, Beverly Cleary, Lois Lowry. Like it's the height of like realistic middle grade fiction. Yeah. So that's my first love for sure. And I love that in the realistic fiction, we can talk about, I love pairing some lightheartedness with also some grittier subjects that are important that you need to talk about. So my next middle grade is in that same vein, but out in the desert and in the sun. Got a lot of sun in my books. Yes. Well, talking to you has been a little bit of sunshine Mm -hmm. for us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us today on Five Author Questions. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Five Author Questions presented by the Kalamazoo Public Library. Be sure to subscribe so you do not miss an episode. And finally, we leave you with a quote from Canadian mixed martial artist George St. Pierre. The more knowledge you get, the more questions you ask. The smarter you get, the more you realize that everything can be possible.